Welcome to the Journey Living Podcast, where we take on the real life topics while inspiring you toward hope and healing in God's Word. Join Pastor Mark Bird along with speaker, Christian life coach, Shannon Meyer, as they guide you through a roadmap, gaining fresh vision and inspiration for going forward on your journey, encouraging you to run your race with endurance that is set before you. Hello, friends. Mark Bird here with Journey Living. I'm in the studio once again with Shannon Meyer. Hello, Shannon. Hey, Mark. It is so good to be back, and I'm excited about this week because tell us, what is this week? This week is Holy Week, and you know what's interesting? Isn't that an interesting word, holy? Shannon, you know, uh, I have lots of friends and family members and so forth, and I, I remember when I got saved, I went to a class reunion, and I had this really close friend, uh, gal in high school, and told her my story of conversion and what Christ did in my life, and she turned to me, Shannon, and she said, oh, so does that mean that you're holy now? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. But it, but it's interesting because, you know, isn't it interesting how the world perceives that? Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting word because I think it comes with maybe feeling like the upper echelon. Yeah. You've got it right. You've got it perfect. You've got it all figured out. You're like close to Jesus. You must not sin. You must not curse. You must not right. gossip. You must be a holy one. And it makes me think about the religious leaders of the day. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about them. And how do you go from Sunday, Holy Week, which was yesterday for us, Sunday would have been the day that Jesus rode in on the colt. Yes. And they were singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who's coming to the, come in the name of the Lord, or Hosanna on the highest. How do we go from singing his praises on Sunday, and in a few days, we're going to be screaming, crucify him. Yeah. How does that happen, Mark? How what happened during that time frame? Who led that march? Who who was it that was singing his praises? And then how did we get in five short days from singing Hosanna? Shannon, let me answer that by asking you this question. And this is this is not the biblical answer right off the bat. This is like real life. So I'm gonna share this little tidbit in question and I wanna say, Shannon, have you ever heard of this or experienced this before? Where you heard something about someone. In fact, maybe you've known him for years. You've known this person for years and they're a really upstanding citizen in the eyes of the community. Like they're a really, really, really good person. And they've done a whole bunch of really good things for a long, long time. And then you hear one bad thing that they said or that they did. Shannon, what do we remember about that person? Oh, the one bad thing they did. The one bad thing that they did. I used to take pictures for athletes at school, and I could remember, I could take a thousand pictures. thousand pictures. I, I used to do the entire fall athletes, and it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures, plus the band, in six-hour period. And I could do a team in 10 to 15 minutes. So all day from 8 a.m. till about 2 p.m. I could take a thousand pictures, Mark, and I would get one disgruntled parent could ruin my whole wow. season of taking pictures. And it would crush me. And I think the same is true what you're what you're saying. And I just want to use that as a real life event because I've had that happen to me. Right. You've lived your life, you've done your job to the best of your ability, 
you feel like you did it with the right heart, right mind, you weren't prideful, you weren't out there for the look at me moment, and something went wrong, you took the wrong picture, you said the wrong thing in a meeting, yeah. you misspoke um, somewhere in, in a Bible study or to your spouse, or and it's the only thing they remember. Oh, yeah. And it's like, then you're cursed forever. <laughs> Right. And trust me, Shannon, I'm going to bring this back to Holy Week, which is our our topic for today. But it's interesting, like even in my own experience, like as a preacher, and Shannon, you may have experienced this as well. And of course, I've seen this on the internet uh, as well, many, many times where people will take something that you or I said, and then they take it out of context. Like, you, you just play a snippet, you know, it's maybe a, a right. three second little clip and people go, oh my goodness, did you hear what they said? Yeah. And I've, I've heard pastors preach on that, especially since everything now is on social media, right? a YouTube channel. And I've heard pastors say, brace yourself. I'm going to say something and somebody's going to take this out of context. Right. Somebody's going to take this out of context and use it against them. And so I even know that in my speaking, I really am so self-conscious of what I'm saying now because I'm like, man, they can take three, four, five, six words and twist this for evil when it was totally taken out of context. And I also think, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's even pastors that will take a verse from the Bible. Yep. And I'm not pointing at pastors. I'm just saying... This can even happen in the church, big time. Take a, a, a one scripture and just hone in on it and make it the absolute worst thing and give a lot of guilt <laughs> and condemnation, and it can wreck someone's Christian life. Totally, totally. You don't know how many people I've ran into just out on the street, Shannon, just in conversations with everyday people, and they say, oh... I want nothing to do with the church ever again. Mm-hmm. Well, as you dig into it, and those that feel comfortable sharing that, they'll start talking about, well, can you believe that this pastor said this? Oh, did they say that to you? No. Mm-hmm. They just said it. And then that caused you to sever your ties with the church forever? Right. And I, I'm thinking of the person who says, oh, church people are so hypocritical. Yeah. No, it was Charlie who yeah, was hypocritical exactly. in the church that made the rest of the church. And I also think, too, we look for a cop-out. And I want to say to the person who has been hurt by the church, I am really, really sorry that yep. somebody in the church did that to you. But what I'm learning in my faith walk is that is not who Jesus was. No. And I even said this to a pastor friend of mine last night. We were just having this very conversation about the way to live in your marriage, your life, period. I don't even, I mean, I love my pastor friends. I, I, I'm doing a podcast with a pastor right. friend. I have, I have a ton of pastor friends. But I'm getting to the point in my Christian walk that the only person I want to hear from is Jesus. Amen. I I mean, I go to church. I'm not saying don't go to church, so please don't hear me. Don't take that out of context. Yeah, don't take that out of context. I I need the teaching. I need to be under a shepherd. We all need to do that. I don't think we're to give up joining together. It says that in the Bible. But even a church or a pastor can say, you're not to, to cut your hair and adorn yourself with earrings. And there's we know religions that you can't step away from that. Right. Or you're ousted from the church or... God hates divorce. Well, 
what if the man is beating the woman? Right. What would you say? What would you say? So I think we have to be careful. And you have to read the whole context. I know we went a major rabbit trail here for Holy Week. But I think what we have to bring back is this with Holy Week is that I believe the true Christ followers were following Jesus and singing Hosanna. It's when you read in Mark 11 where it talks about that triumphal entry. But it's here that as you read and go along, this is where Jesus has that triumphal entry. But then he also, the next thing is they're seeing that he walks into the temple and starts flipping tables and calls them a den of robbers. <laughs> right. And, the, and it's there the chief priests and the teachers of the law are hearing him say that. It's the religious people who got sideways on this. And it's them who have led the march to crucify him. And it's there that I think separates. And I want to, and somebody can challenge me on this. And Mark, please challenge me too. Just because you sit in a pew or go to church 52 times a year does not warrant you a trip into heaven. It will be the Christ followers. Yeah. Those who have surrendered their life to Christ, didn't do it perfect, aren't always holy, but I believe it was the religious leaders who stood one day watching on Sunday going, who is this cat? Right. And then finding every reason to crucify him because I believe, and this is Shannon Meyer theory, <laughs> theology, <laughs> they knew exactly who he was and they were afraid of what if he is truly the Messiah? who has come, that we have read about, that we've taught about. And we have to keep this conspiracy going, in a sense. Now, I know we don't talk about conspiracies today. Right, yeah, sure. But it's kind of like that, I think. There is some conspiracy theories here, and I'm not, I don't want to be politically correct or incorrect here. But as long as we're kept in the dark of the truth, we're confused, we get isolated, um, I see that with decisions with COVID and vaccines and all of that. And I'm not going to get into that. But that theory is if we keep everybody believing one thing, we can control them. All right. Where the religious leaders got sideways about Jesus is he came and told the truth and started to reveal the truth about this pharisaical law. He knew. He knew, that he knew the he law. He sure did. He wrote the law. He's the author. He yeah. says, I'm the only one who can open the scroll. But he also set people free, the sinners, the blind, the prostitutes. And he was messy. He got into the mess and the religious leaders didn't like that. So how the question posed from the beginning is how do we go from Sunday singing Hosanna to crucify him on Friday? I think you got to ask. It's the heart of the person who is judging right. who Jesus is. Shannon, I was sitting there listening and here's what comes to mind uh, and you mentioned hey i you know kind of got off on a, a rabbit trail but i don't think we're that far off the rabbit trail because the question is still uh, as we're examining holy week right the first thing that we examine is holy and i think we did but here's how um this question was formed shannon is how did we go from how did they go because this is this is what we do uh, we point the finger really well in church. Church people l love to point the finger, and they do it really well. But here's what we do. Oh, well, you know what? He Okay, he was a good guy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hosanna. And then we go, how in the world did you go from there to crucify him? 
And Shannon, you're absolutely right. It's the heart. But listen to what James says in James chapter 3, verse 8. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Listen to verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. You know, Shannon, it's the human tendency. You go, wow, you flipped on a dime. Shannon, we do it all the time. And when I want to talk about uh, the holy peace, I want to ask this, Shannon, because, again, what is our viewpoint of holy? And I bet lots of us have slightly different viewpoints of what holy is. But I think it boils down to this, Shannon, and you talked about the heart, the condition of the heart. And I want to say, Shannon, do you want to be holy in the eyes of men or do you want to be holy in the eyes of God? Mm, And I think it can be different. I think it actually can be very different. I think it's absolutely different because it says that Jesus looks at our heart. Yes. And, And I just want to say out of the tongue, remember what comes out of the mouth is what's in the heart. Yes. So... You know, you can church it up. And, and we, we talk about this. Like, that's one of the things I love about Journey Living in this podcast is we want to keep it real. Right. And we we could, you know, church it up all we want. We've got the scripture. You're a pastor. I'm a Christian speaker. We've, we've got the theology behind it and the scripture. But that is exactly who the Pharisees were. Right. They were the religious leaders that had a background for us. It was tattooed. They had memorized the Torah. They knew it. They were so churched up that they didn't even see the blind man begging right. on the side of the road. They never gave the woman a chance who was caught in adultery. There was no part of Christ's heart within them. Even you know when Jesus healed on the Sabbath and he questions them, he's like, well, if your donkey was in a ditch, wouldn't you get it out? Wow. You know, they were yeah. so much about the rule keeping that they truly miss the heart of Christ. And and I think that's such a good indicator of where we are and what you just said. Are you holy in the eyes of man? Which brings me back to, gosh, years ago I did a radio show when I had a radio show just myself. It was one of the best ones. The best responses I ever got was it was the audience of one. It was oh, called yeah. the audience of one. And the whole premise was this. Who are you playing for? Who are you playing for? If our life was a stage. Right. And, and so, it is. <laughs> and it absolutely is because you may be the only Jesus that somebody will ever see. Mm-hmm. He's giving us a platform of being his ambassadors. So who is your audience? Is it for man? Is it for your church? Is it for your church friends? Is it for your coworkers? Is it for your family? Or are you playing to the only one that matters Because, Mark, you and I both know, and probably most of our listeners, when we get to that great throne room, no one, no one will stand with you at all. Your wife, my husband, my children, our grandparents, even those who led us to the Lord, our pastor, no one will stand with us. Amen. And he is going to ask us, what did you do with my name? And did you do it for the masses to watch? For your Hosanna? For your praise? That's good. Or did you do it because you loved me? You wanted to live for me? You surrendered your life for me? And I I believe this. And and one of the questions before we get finished with today is this. 
What do you think Jesus thought about, what was his mindset this whole week? Could you imagine thinking he came in on that colt, the donkey on Sunday, and they're singing and praising? I can't imagine. Did he have a smile on his face? Mm. Thinking, Here, here's, the, here's the realness coming in. Right on. Did he sit and think, you all are singing that today, and in five days, you're going to be bludgering me. You're going to be crucifying me. I mean, you know, have you ever been um, in, a, in a situation, maybe a courtroom, or you've been up against something that you've had to speak truth? Yeah. And you know the people in the crowd are against you? Oh, yeah. And so you know, but you have to stand there with a smile. You have to conduct yourself in a way that God has called you. And it's there that you think, I know what this outcome is going to be. <laughs> right. And I can't break. So good, Shannon. I immediately am brought to when Jesus was standing before Pilate. And he says this, you know, listen, aren't you going to speak up for yourself? And he's like, no, he remains silent. Which that in itself was an answer of one which drove Pilate nuts. Yeah. Right? That's when he went over and washed his hands. I I want my I don't want this man's blood on my hands. He knew by his non-answer. Here's something that you said when you were talking about the religious leaders and the Pharisees, Shannon. I'm I'm drawn to John chapter five. And this is Jesus talking right to the Pharisees himself. Starting in verse 38, he says, But you do not have his word abiding in you, talking about his father, right? Because whom he sent, him you do not believe. Here's, here's the further explanation, verse 39. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but yet these are they which testify of me. And finally, he ends in verse 40. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So it's that religious thing, Shannon, like we would go, well, what are you talking about? I never missed church. And by the way, you search the scriptures because you find that you you think that in them you will have eternal life. But he's basically saying, I am the scripture and I'm right in front of you. I am the Messiah. Like I am he that the scriptures are trying to teach you about. But yet it, it boils down to this, Shannon. Jesus said, my sheep know me and they hear my voice. They know my voice and they follow me. That is so good, Mark. You know, this will age us a little bit, but the very first Left Behind movie with Kirk Cameron, I grew up with him. I'll never forget the most pivotal scene in that movie is when the pastor is in the church, the rapture has happened, and he walks down the aisle and he looks up at a cross or the crucifix, I can't remember exactly, but he said, I preached in your name, and he's crying oh. out to the cross at the front of the church. He's like, I preached in your name. He's, he's very violent in his right. speech. And he's like, I did this all in your name. Wow. Yet he was left behind a pastor, a preacher. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I know there's no tears in heaven, but I do believe when Jesus returns, there's going to be a lot of sadness and disappointment just in the church world. Oh, sure. In the Christian realm. I'm not talking about the unbeliever because they don't know. But I think the sadness is going to come. And I, I want to speak to the person listening. You know that things, well, I've, I've done my tithe. I'm on the worship team. I, I'm head of a ministry. You know, I sing in the choir. 
that does not warrant the trip <laughs> to heaven. And, and wow. I just want to say that every week. You have to surrender your life and heart yeah. to Christ, which means pick up your cross every day. Every day. And you too will be crucified. I mean, and the flesh will burn. A lot of people are like, man, I became a believer and my life got worse. Welcome to Christianity. <laughs> That's so good, Shannon. <laughs> but I don't want it to be a deterrent because we live so much for the here and now. Yeah. This is so temporal. And as we as believers are living, and I believe those who wept and cried over Christ's crucifixion believed in him and that he truly was the Messiah and came to save their souls. They wept that day too. Yeah, they did. But the reward that, that is above, the reward that is yet to come for us is what we must live for, not the here and now. Shannon, and uh, just put a little bit of scripture behind your example of the Left Behind movie. And again, Shannon said it dates us a bit, and it does. And if you're not familiar with it, that's totally fine. But here's what I've learned, Shannon. Uh, I've learned that scripture says this in Matthew 7, starting verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? It came flooding into my mind, Shannon, sure. when you said that, Lord, I've done all these things in your name. And it says, it goes on to say, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I shall declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Mm. It comes back to holiness. It does. It really does. And the holiness is what God requires. Right. God requires our holiness. Here's what he requires. Our heart. That's so good. His, okay, here, here's how it says, Isaiah, your righteousness is as filthy rags, mm -hmm. but my righteousness, you shall be, though you were scarlet, you shall be white as snow, Shannon. So, Mark, would it be fair to say, other than surrendering our heart to Christ, is there really anything else we can do? There really isn't, because what we have to do is this, and, and I talked about this, but then you might go, I heard you say, uh, well, my sheep know me, they know my voice, and they follow me. But Shannon, there's going to be people out there that goes, how do, how do I do that? Right. And, and to surrender your heart, Shannon, means what? I, I don't know that you physically have to get on your knees, but I'm saying, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In humility, mm -hmm. get into the place of humility and cry out to the Lord. Shannon, I remember in our past episodes here, we talk about crying out to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Is, well, isn't there another way, Shannon? Do you have to like physically cry? I don't know, but your heart needs to cry out in whatever manner that looks like and let him begin to perfect holiness in you. That's really good. And I think you're right. Do you have to lay on the floor and surrender? I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but I do know this, and you and I both know, on the floor, face down, for any human being, is the most humble state of being. Yes. Is it? You are at the lowest point. And I think whether that's figurative, or you're on your bed, or you're on your knees, or you're in a chair, but I do think there is something to that because does it not say as well, when we see Christ on his throne, we are going to bow down. We are going to bow down and put the crown that he gives us. We are going to lay, some say throw at his feet. 
So do you need to do that? I know in a situation I've been that I was just desperate crying out for God. And I, I lay in my bed and pray. I sit up and pray. I stand and pray in church. I raise my hands and pray. But this situation was to where I literally got on the floor because I thought, God, I just need you. And, and almost like a child in that fetal position. I wasn't flat, prostrate face. I was like, God, help. Yeah. Because I need you. And I believe it's there, that contrite spirit. Yes, that's that it. That God says, I see you, child. I know now that your pride is completely gone. And I think it's like going to the altar. When you go to the altar, I know my altar scenes are ugly. It's the <laughs> ugly cry, the mascara. <laughs> But your nose is running, the clean up, you know, but you don't care. Right. You don't care. You throw yourself on the altar, and I don't care what 100, 200, 500 people behind me are doing. I am at the feet of my Jesus. That's where I think we get so prideful that we can't, oh, I can't, they, they can't see me go that low. Right. And God's like, no, get that low. Shannon, uh, of course, as you're aware, we run out of time so quickly. We're drawing near to that right now. Here's the thing I want to leave us with today, Shannon. We're talking about holiness. We're talking about uh, Holy Week. And, and listen, Jesus Christ is holy. He is the only one who has ever been holy. And I want to share this scripture out of Hebrews 12 because uh, it, it says in verse 14, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, because without, no one will see the Lord. I've heard that preached a lot of times. And I say, so then they're saying, well, then you better be holy, Christian. And I say, again, Jesus said our holiness is as filthy rags. Listen, the holiness that you better be presenting to the Lord when it's your day to stand before the Lord, the only holiness that you better bring is Christ and his righteousness. Thanks for tuning in again, folks. You've been listening to Journey Living, and we look so forward to seeing you again next week. <music>